Welcome to the Unapologetically Fueled podcast, where we talk nutrition, identity, performance, and the psychology behind it all. Hi, everyone. Um, Welcome back to another episode. Today, I have a very special guest. I have Julia Flynn here. And Julia, why don't you introduce yourself, just kind of like what uh, you do, the school you go to, what your hobbies are, um, all of that. And I'll kind of tell you about like Julia and I's background um, after Julia introduces herself. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So my name is Julia Flynn. Um, I'm a track and field and cross country athlete at Stanford University um, freshman year. So it's kind of weird to introduce myself that way because this is such a new, um, part of my life and part of my identity. Um, but I've always been a runner, uh, ever since elementary school, fell in love with it way back then. And, um, I'm looking to study human biology at Stanford, really enjoying the classes so far there. Um, for hobbies, I think I'm just, I love exercise and being outdoors. So I love to hike. I love to bike. And obviously Stanford being such a huge campus, I get a lot of biking in uh, a little too much during the day going to classes, but it's fine. And um, I love crafts and art. I mean, I love creating. That's just like, I need that outlet in my life. Um, So I like to knit, (laughs) which is yeah. Um, I think I'm kind of good at it. I don't know. Um, and I kind of make little gifts for people. That's like my little thing. Oh, <laughs> and I love to draw. Um, haven't gotten into painting. I feel like I should though. That would be kind of like a, that's a future me problem. I, I think that'll be kind of a, you know, good craft to master. Um, but yeah, anything else? Um, uh, I think, yeah, next question. I don't, I don't know really else to say about myself. It's kind of hard to describe um, myself in just like what I do besides like who I am as a person. Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. That's a great distinction. But one also, I love knitting. So honestly, I feel like it's like a a runner thing. Like we can't like sit still, like we're very active. And so like knitting when you're like watching Netflix or something is like the best stress reliever. (laughs) Yeah, no, I always have to be like fiddling or something. And I feel like that, like I can't, just like chill. I just have to like be doing something with my mind. Um, so yeah, that helps me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so awesome. I feel like it's a, there's like some gene I'm like, you know, with like my research degree, I'm like, I should just like figure out like some genetic, like link between like runners and like fidgeting and like our type A it's kind of funny, but anyway, that's yeah, awesome. I, I will say that, um, the people that you meet in the running community, they're all very strangely similar, uh, not only in what they do, you know, running wise, uh, but just how they form their habits, how, you know, their living habits and um, just their personalities and how they approach like problems and how they solve things. Um, So that like mindset is all kind of very similar, which is very interesting, but it's kind of nice because you get to hang around a bunch of like-minded people. So exactly. I love that. Exactly. No, for sure. Um, it's definitely is a very, very similar community. And it's like, you know, some of your friends who are non-runners, you'll be like, oh, like, they'll be like, oh, do you want to go out and like hang out until like 3am? And it's like, no, I got my long run tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. And so runners understand. They're like, oh no, let's get up at like 6am and run. Like that sounds more fun. <laughs> so oh, that's so funny. That's 
that's awesome. But yeah, Julia is an amazing runner. I still remember. So a little bit of background of how I know Julia is I was born an only child and um, Alexandra, who is my neighbor, who shout out to Alexandra, if you are listening to this podcast, she's also an only child. And we lived in the middle of nowhere growing up, kind of like secluded in nature. And so because we didn't have any siblings growing up, we became each other's like siblings and like little sister. So Alexander, who's four years younger than me, um, we would spend like every single day together when we're not in school. And one of her best friends was Julia. And I still remember when we were little, we would like catch frogs down at this little pond and do fun stuff together. And I still, I also, oh that. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. Oh my gosh. Good times. Um, and then I also remember how big of a runner you were. I remember one time I come over and to Alexander's house and I was like, oh, where's Julia? She's like, oh, she's just finishing up her eight mile run. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And you were like in fifth grade. And I was like, that's, that's incredible. So ever since <laughs> you were little, I was like, this girl is going places. <laughs> yeah. Well, Alexander was such a good friend. Cause she would like bike by me when I would run in the summer. And like, that was the biggest lifesaver. So I kind of do remember that. But yeah. then I think when I met you, um, or like, I think in like high school, more like getting to know you, like, I think my brother was considering going to St. Francis Mm -hmm. and you were talking to him about it. And I don't know if you were doing gymnastics at the time. Um, but I do remember like you were into more of gymnastics and dance. Um, so I'm interested of how you kind of found running along the way. Oh yeah. That's a really good question. And, um, I'll probably be talking about this too. I'm going to be interviewed for Julia's podcast in a little bit too, but um, my little running story is that like I was a gymnast for so many years um, and I was hoping and planning on going collegiately and competing in college, um, but I actually had a back fracture my junior year of high school and I couldn't do gymnastics for a while. And then when I went to college, I dealt with a lot of health problems, um, got really sick and I couldn't exercise for a couple of years. And then when I like built myself up again, I was like, I want to be a runner. And I just like fell in love with running. And I was like, you know, like my body kind of broke down. Like I've always been more like power athlete, like gymnast, like cheerleader and stuff. But I was like, you know, I really like endurance has always called my name. Like ever since I was a kid, I'm like, I want to be a runner, but like, it's just so bad for gymnastics. Apparently it's like, you have to just run. And now I was like, okay, cool. And so I fell in love with running and yeah, not nearly as fast as Julia here, but I love it. So (laughs) Yeah, I think it was more about like how you view it as um, as a sport. I think it's so different from any other one because, I mean, when I'm at practice, I enjoy being there. And I think I asked like a football player earlier this year, like, you know, about how he goes to practice and whatever. And he was just saying like, he really hates it, but he's like, I can put my head down for four years and, you know, get the scholarship and do whatever. And he was like really determined. I really admired that, but I was like, it kind of sucked to go to practice every day and not enjoy it. And I think running is so different where it kind of makes you grow emotionally and mentally. And it, it, it teaches you how to be a better person, I think. And I don't think a lot of sports offer that sort of, um, meditation while you're doing it. So yeah, I think it's unique in that way. And I think that's part of the big reason of why I fell in love with it. That is so beautiful. And that is so true. Running is one of the most incredible sports because it shows you that you can do hard things and things that you never thought possible. And it's so good for mental growth. There's all sorts of like psychology research on that about like a different like 
kind of sense of achievement that running gives you versus other sports. So I think that's beautiful. And so um, can you share a little bit about like your running story and background and like how you fell in love? So you said like the meditation part and just like the overall mental aspects of running, but like what happened to the little fifth grader who was running eight miles next to <laughs> Alexander on her bike in the summertime? <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I just remember that I was at like a, a little track and field day in elementary school and we were told like, it, it was like a, a little race and each of the little grades had their different color shirts. And it was for, um, yeah, you remember that, right? Oh, yeah. And, so, yeah, and, yeah <laughs> and so, um, I didn't know what a race was. I was really confused why I was there. Then like, they were like, ready, set, go. And then I tripped and fell and got like stomped on <laughs> in the head. Like I got kicked in the head. And, and my brother was like, like trying to console me and like, he should have like gotten somebody for help because I literally got kicked in the head, but he like just walked with me the rest of the way. Like he made me walk the whole race and he was like, mom, we got to finish the race. I'm like, <laughs> why? So I didn't get it. And then the next year, my mom was so terrified that I was going to get hurt again. She was like, okay, just stay away from the other kids when you're running. And I was like, Okay. And so that's kind of what I did. Yeah. I kind of ran away from them. <laughs> that's so funny. So, and yeah, no, my mom, like we went around this, I went like the loop was around the school and uh-huh. I came out like in front of everyone or not every, there was a couple boys in front of me, but they were like, they're like, why is Julia there? Like my mom was super confused. Um, so funny. And I think like after that race, I was like, oh wait, I'm kind of good at this. <laughs> and but I did like struggle um, like up until like middle school. Cause I'd get, cause then my mom would sign me up for cross country and track. Cause it, she was like, you know, you're really good. You kind of have, you kind of just ha- like, you kind of kind of put you in this like sport. Like you can't yeah. just ignore this. Sure. And I mean, I'm so grateful for that, but, um, yeah, fourth and fifth and sixth grade, I got super, super nervous for all of my races. And I feel bad kind of for that little girl who was so nervous in fourth and fifth and sixth grade, like that's so, you know, you're so little and I would get so nerved up about it. And, um, a lot of times I would wish that I wouldn't be able to like, wasn't like, it didn't, how do I say this? I, I wished that I wasn't as good of a runner for a lot of years because I wasn't used to having that attention or like that kind of like made up pressure that I was going to be in the front or win a race. And I think I kind of like put that pressure on myself and that's just how I always was um, like mindset wise. Like I always kind of put that pressure on myself when literally there wasn't that much pressure. And like in reality, there's not really that much expectation, but I put all this pressure on myself because I am very self-motivated and very self-disciplined. And I think that's just like how I always was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like sixth grade, I, um, my aunt like discovered this like junior Olympics little thing in the summertime. And she was like, you should do this. I'm like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so like, that was the first summer that I actually trained in the off season. So that's when Alexandra would bike next to me and everything. Um, I because I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't have practice. So I would, you know, go run with her and my mom would bike and she would bike. And that was really fun for me. Um, 
And I think that is when I took it to the next level because I realized that like, okay, like outside of school, like I can like outside of the season in the school, I can still run. And I actually started to really enjoy it because it was something that I could do. And I started to appreciate that I had that ability rather than kind of resenting that like pressure that it put on me. Um, so I would think like my running journey has become like from a place of pressure and kind of like, oh gosh, I don't like this at all <laughs> to really learning how to appreciate it and appreciate what my body can do yeah. and being grateful for all the friends that I've made uh, in the running community, community along the way and all the amazing coaching that I've had. Um, and so kind of just like living through that gratitude. Um, but yeah. That is so beautiful. And you won the Junior Olympics, didn't you? I did. Yes, you did. <laughs> you were so humble. It was not sixth grade year. I had to come back for like another year. And because I was, yeah, I thought it was just going to be a one-time thing. And I oh. actually traveled to Texas, like sixth grade year for like nationals. And I, um, I did not win. I got, I think, sixth. Uh-huh. Um, but then I remember after my um, seventh grade year track season, I felt really bad on my like final meet and I didn't run like I wanted to. And I was just really unsettled about it. And so I was like, I got to do, I got to do the junior Olympics again. Cause now I have to end it on a high note. And so, yeah, so that's why I did like it once again. And I think, yeah, I, I think that's when I really started to enjoy it because it was something that I could do. It became like a safe space almost where, you know, things could be going wrong in my life, but then I could just always go for my run and like kind of feel empowered that like I had something under my control that I was doing for myself that um, if I worked hard enough at it, I could get better. I think running is very unique in that way where what you put into it, you sort of get out of it. Um, and I think that's more direct than other sports. Like there's, you don't get cut from the team really. <laughs> like you can, like you just run and you're really kind of in control of what you do. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That is so amazing. You are incredible. So wise. And like, honestly, like, just like, you're such an amazing runner and so humble about it. And that's, that's so great. So that's super cool. What would you say the favorite, like your favorite races that you've ever run? Um, it could be like something from school, something now at Stanford, or it could be like the junior Olympics or like Brooks PR or something like that. Yeah. Um, I would say, I mean, I think you're going to relate to me in this because you ran half marathons. Mm -hmm. Something is different about that I I've run two uh -huh. marathons I've loved my experience with those mostly because I haven't felt bad on them and I've had like really good races with them so like we'll see how I feel when I have a bad half marathon and like I feel like actually bad um yeah. but I've been really lucky with uh just how I approach half marathons they're always at the end of my track season kind of during the summer I think it's the cherry fest yes. um I've done that several times yeah and, um, I don't, you know, I've never really thought of myself as a, a long, long distance runner that can, can do those sort of distances. Cause during the track season, my mileage during the week, gets pretty low and I'm doing, you know, 
competing in the 800 meter and the mile and, you know, the longest I'll do is the two mile. And that's really long for me. Yeah. <laughs> but then like, it's really empowering to go do a half marathon because I think you can't really, I feel really tough when I do that because yeah. it's not required of my season. It's only for me because it's not part of my in-school season. It's not on any, like the, the time isn't recorded on any, um, like my, my profile of my athletics. Um, so it's really kind of hidden in it just for me. So I think that kind of it, that race became personal for me because it's by choice that I do it completely. If I don't feel like doing it, I don't have to sign up. And if I do bad, then no one's going to (laughs) know. If I do good, then great. And I really, and it's a really beautiful course. I love it. Um, so I would say that is one of my, um, favorite happy place races. Um, another close second would be, um, Brooks PR, uh, for track and field, uh, out in Seattle. That is always such a fun experience, especially last year, because a lot of my future Stanford teammates were also there and I got to top off my high school career at the Brooks PR meet. And I, um, I actually got a personal record in the mile. And then that's what broke the um, Michigan high school, like mile. So like, it was the last like kind of mile race that I ever did in high school. And I got to like, kind of put the cherry on top there with that race. So I think that's pretty special to me. Um, Your time. Oh, um, I don't know the decimal. (laughs) It was uh, like the exact one, but it's uh, four minutes, 37 seconds and some change. I don't know what it is. Um, incredible. That thank is you. incredible. And um, it was really it. satisfying to like do yeah. that the last chance I got. So that was really cool. Um, but besides even like the time or like anything that I accomplished within that meet, it's such a fun environment because you get together, like literally the fastest people in the country and they just all love running. And then like, it's kind of like a big party. Like you get there, like you have a little, you have a roommate and they, have you do a fun, like bunch of fun activities in Seattle. You go like tour stuff. It's like a camp. And then you go all race each other once you became like kind of close friends. And then it's, it's just like fun. <laughs> that is so much fun. I have heard nothing but amazing things from that experience. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But I also agree with you on the half marathon thing. It's so nice. Cause it's like enough to get that runner's high, but like not enough where you're like dying. So it's like, <laughs> that's so awesome. Wow. You're amazing. Um, so how did you decide that you wanted to go to Stanford? I'm sure you had lots of great options for colleges. Um, Alexander told me you had lots of schools, of course, reaching out to you because of how fast you are and how um, smart you are as well. <laughs> so what made you decide? On, yeah, of course. Um, what made you decide on Stanford? Um, I think it just became the obvious option for me once I went on my official visit here. I was uh, also looking at Duke and also University of Michigan as my other two very top choices. Yeah. Um, also in the top five, I was looking at um, uh, University of Colorado. Wait, I was looking at Colorado, and then also um, I'm gonna feel really silly for saying this because I I always pronounce the state wrong, <laughs> and I feel like really dumb for like. <laughs> you are not dumb. I, I Oregon. Oregon. 
Yes. Oregon. Or I don't know how to pronounce it either. So. I got yelled at when I was like, oh, I'm looking at this University of Oregon. And they were like, no, that's how it's not how you say it. So <laughs> now I feel even silly for even saying yeah. that it was one of my top choices and I can't even pronounce the name right. Um, and it's really not that difficult. So I don't know why I have trouble, but I still don't know the correct way. Um, anyway, so <laughs> my top choices really boiled down to Duke and University of Michigan and Stanford. And I went on um, an unofficial at Michigan. Um, and that, that campus is really familiar for me. I've been there. My A lot of my um, aunts and uncles went there for school. I had a lot of legacy there. Um, and then for Duke, no one I had ever known had gone there. Um, but they were really trying to build a running program. Mm -hmm. And I was really impressed by the offer that they gave me. And I, I think it would have been a great option for me. Uh, but then I got there and it just didn't seem like, um, the people on the team, like I wouldn't be in as a competitive environment as I wanted to, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to struggle to be on varsity. Mm -hmm in college. I didn't want to be out. Like I want to kind of be <laughs> yeah. in the shadows for a little bit because when you're surrounded by people that are better than you, you become even better. And so what I was looking for in collegiate running was to be part of a team that I was really struggling to be on varsity. <laughs> and so um, for Stanford, of course, my teammates are super speedy and <laughs> And so that is really cool to be around and get to like practice with them every day because through high school, um, I didn't have that. Like I would yeah. run with the guys if I wanted to be in a pack or I have to do the, the workouts with the guys to have someone around me. Cause it would get kind of lonely, like running kind of sucked there for a while in high school, especially during COVID. Cause you don't really have anyone to run with. And then, especially for me, like, I just wanted to be part of a team where they, I was chasing them because I'd been the person out in front and like trying to convince the girls to go faster. And like, I would feel weird about that. Cause I don't want to like <laughs> wear them out every day, but you know, it's also a safety thing too, as well. Like I want to be around people because my parents are like, you can't run alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think for Stanford, I was just really looking forward to being part of, of a very competitive team. Um, and then also with Stanford, the academics as well, I thought that was extremely like worth it to, it was kind of scary to like have the idea of moving across the country, but um, it's kind of hard to uh, say no to Stanford. So <laughs> Very and especially my official visit here and saw the campus and met the coaches and saw how the team uh, relationship was with the coaches and just like the energy there, everything just kind of checked every box and there wasn't really any sacrifice. There wasn't a moment where I did my official visit here and had to like fill out a pros and cons list. It was literally, I looked at my dad and we both were like in tears. We're like, this is the best decision. Like this is the right place for me. And I think that lack of doubt really um, has helped me stick it out through this fall because I was um, injured all this summer and didn't get to compete in or in cross country this fall. So I have been cross training mm -hmm. all through summer and all through fall. And so not being able to be with the team, that really did kind of put a toll on me. And, but like, at least I knew I was at the right 
place. Like I, (laughs) at least it wasn't that like guilt of like, oh my gosh, I gave up an opportunity to be somewhere else. Like, of course I did, but like, I feel like I really did make the right decision. So that trust really helped me push through, you know, those little speed bumps along the way of like, okay, like I don't get to go to practice every day because I got to do cross training or whatever. And like, you know, I could look at that as um, a bad way to start my college running career. Like, oh my gosh, like I didn't get to compete my first season because I was injured. But also I think I'm grateful that all that happened because the fact that I was injured gave me the opportunity and freed up a lot of time to focus on academics and settling into life here. And that that's a huge change traveling 2000 miles away from home to go to a university. And now I'm living at the place where I'm, you know, at school and then it's all in the same place. Like it's a whole separate community, a network of people making new friends, just like seeing how you fit in. I think that takes a huge toll on your, I don't know, body as well. Like yeah. it, it's, it's very taxing. Um, but then also along the way with that, like, I also had time, uh, to start my podcast, which that's why I started it this fall is because I had that extra time, uh, from like not going and traveling to all the cross country meets. I had those free weekends (laughs) where I didn't have practice and I had this free time to, kind of play around with. And so that's kind of why I started the amazing people podcast is because I had always been told that college is about making connections with other people. And I think that was such a a good use of time to like, wait, I'm going to be making a platform for myself that gets me to talk to other people about their experiences, learn about other people, learn about how their struggles have made them successful. And going through my my own struggles with the injury and everything, it was especially like inspirational to hear other people going through struggles and then coming out like successful and better than before. And so that was a really good mentality to adopt while I was going through my injury. So um, I just kind of wanted to surround myself by that um, mentality of, yes, life has its struggles, but we're going to be stronger for it. I love everything you just said, Julia. Like that's incredible. And like, you are such just like the perfect model of like, okay, this thing happened to me and it sucked and it was awful. And I'm something good out of it. And it's going to be made for something beautiful and amazing and glorious. Like I personally believe that like God does work everything together for our good. And that's like a Bible verse that I've always like kept like held near and dear to my heart. And just like through all of like my struggles that I've went through and like looking at what you are creating this incredible podcast, incredible platform out of a struggle is like the epitome of resilience. And I just think that is incredible and beautiful. And wow. I, I love your inspiration behind your podcast, Julia. That was awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you. And also building off of um, your favorite Bible verse, I just want to say like lately, like the mentality that I'm trying to like teach myself, because I think mindset always needs work. Like you still need to remind yourself to think a certain way because there are um, times when you kind of relapse into those old ways of thinking where, you know, oh, things don't work out for me or whatever. Um, But the thing that I kind of repeat to myself sometimes when things don't go my way is like, 
okay, I have to remember that everything works out for me. (laughs) And especially during my injury and especially like moving across the country, I was like, I have to trust that this is the right decision, that this injury is supposed to happen to me, that this is where I'm supposed to be in my life and everything is going to work out for me. And I just have to like, I was thinking for a while, like during the summer, like with my injury, I was like, you know, maybe my injury will go away once I find the reason why I have it. So like all through having the injury, I was literally trying to like find the good in it because I was like, I was convinced that if I found the good in the injury, it would just like resolve itself. Like there would be no point to having the injury anymore if I had found the purpose for it. So I was like literally constantly like, okay, why am I going through this? Like, why, why am I doing this? And I think a big part also of why I'm grateful for it is because that summer um, I had running taken away from me after high school. I had no running all of that summer. And I think that was perfect because I may have prevented a big burnout in running before I started my huge collegiate experience of, of like, this is the next level now. Like this is even more intense than high school of of what's being asked to me. Like now, like my workouts more intense, like this is more serious than high school. So it was almost great that I had that break, um, from where I didn't have to run, uh, to kind of refresh myself before going into this whole other team and experience. And I think that was really useful. And then also finding, um, I know this sounds really cliche, but finding your identity outside of your passions. So yes, like I'm a runner. And when you ask me, how do I describe myself? I have to say, oh, I'm a runner at Stanford University. And yes, that is a big part of what I do, but I don't want to get that messed up with who I am as a person. And I think I was able to separate those two things this past summer because I no longer ran. I was not a runner. I was not a runner the whole entire summer. That was no longer, I can no longer rely on that to describe myself because it was no longer what I did every day. And so I had a lot of free time to think and reflect about that. And yeah, so I I think I am very grateful that I wasn't able to run because I found out who I was outside of that sport. And I think it was very necessary for me to kind of like take away that part of myself because I felt so much more independent when I got to college. Um, I had a whole other like part of myself that I ignored through high school because I was so busy with running and preoccupied with all of the races and goals and everything. And once you take that all away, you kind of discover who you are as a person. So then moving here and meeting all these new people, I felt very grounded for the first time in a very long while on who I was as a person, what I wanted out of my life, my goals at Stanford outside of my sport. Um, So I think once you take away uh, all of your hobbies and all of the exterior stuff in your life, you kind of discover kind of who you are. And I think that's very necessary for a lot of reasons. Absolutely. Wow. So that was some really great advice, Julia, on being injured. It's just like, everything you said, like finding your identity outside of that injury is so important. And I know that a lot of my listeners and followers on Instagram, they struggle with injury right now and they struggle with setbacks. Um, And so what were some of the challenges, I guess, that you faced from others from your injury? Like, were people supportive of you or was it hard? Like, were 
were you following doctor's guidelines? Um, just kind of go into that and like how you overcame any struggles in that area. Yeah, I think I do get a lot of questions about my injury because it really did uh, hold me back this last fall and cross country season. Um, a lot of my teammates and uh, my coaches needed me to keep updating them on what was happening with my injury. And it really wasn't that serious. It was a tendon issue with my foot that just did not want to heal. And, um, they were very supportive, like in the ways that they, you know, you don't want your teammate to be injured. And my family was like, okay, that sucks. Like you can't run. Um, but I think for me, what was the biggest struggle with it was the fact that I need to understand what's wrong with me in order to feel like I can like get over it. Like for my injury, a lot of, um, if I didn't get it diagnosed, like they wouldn't know. I didn't know what to think of their advice because they didn't really know what was wrong with me because I would be like, Oh, my foot hurts. And they're like, they're like, Oh, we'll just don't run on it. And I'm like, I need a, like a formal diagnosis to like have someone tell me exactly what's wrong with me, how it's going to heal, what exercises I can do to help it and everything like that. So near the end of the summer, when it was kind of narrowing down to getting to Stanford, like two weeks before I had to report to camp, I went to a foot doctor and got it diagnosed because I was like kind of sick of being lost about how to heal it and what to do for cross train and, and what is helping me and what is hurting me. Like, I just wanted to like go in all in into like healing phase. Like this is my time to just get it mm-hmm. done with and healed correctly. So I went in there and he told me I had like shin splints and some other things and told me not to run for six weeks basically. But then since I was going to Stanford, he said, maybe you can just run, not run for two weeks because you're special. And I was like, so then I went to, got to Stanford and my injury was still there and it hurt to walk. So then I was like, okay, that didn't like help. Like I took the advice and didn't run for the two weeks and it was like still just there. And then I came here and I started getting physical therapy and I actually started doing, you know, exercises to strengthen those weak muscles that were causing that imbalance in my foot and everything. Like it's kind of a chain reaction. Like when something hurts, it causes something else to like bit thrown off and everything. Um, so I went back to the root of the issue in my foot and strengthened those weak points. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to actually see improvement. And so I guess the, another mental block was where it was taking a really long time to heal. It was taking a couple months for a tendon injury to heal. And so my coaches um, mentioned to me in passing uh, that maybe I was just a little bit like imagining (laughs) that he was still in pain, which was really hard for me to get over because then I was like, wait, am I? Like, am I just making this up? Like, so that was a really kind of a confusing point because it really did hurt to walk. And then people who didn't really understand my injury were saying, well, maybe it's just, maybe you just don't want to run. That maybe, is- maybe you're scared of getting, maybe you're just gun shy on like, you don't want to get injured again. So you're scared to like go to practice. And I was like, oh, no. that makes me so angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think it was, um, you can't expect everybody to understand your issues because they're not you. They don't have your body. They can't feel what you're feeling. And so taking people's advice to heart can be damaging versus just taking it as like, okay, like that's an opinion. And I respect their opinion. It can exist there. 
And I don't have to feel obligated to take it because only I know how I feel. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a really, really great way to reframe that. So if any of, I know that some of my followers have reached out about that saying like, oh, people don't believe my injury. People don't believe this. And I say like, you know, like some things that you can do to reframe is just remember that like, that's their problem. That's not your problem. Like, you know, what's true, you know, your body. And so I think that's a great way to reframe that whole situation because what they're saying is not okay. And it's really hard to hear, but just know that like, it's not there it's not your fault it's not you that's making it that's their belief and they can believe what they want to believe but you know the truth and it's like yeah so I think that's great you're in charge of how you react to anything outside of yourself if someone says something that you don't agree with or that you have a hard time accepting you are responsible for how you react and so I think that's also a big shift in mindset is that a lot of things can happen to you in life and you can let it kind of disrupt your peace you can get angry over it, get frustrated, get sad, let it ruin your day. But then you have to realize, okay, I'm still responsible for how I feel and I can control how I react to setbacks in my life. And so even though my injury did seemingly take a lot of power away from me that I couldn't run and I, you know, couldn't compete this fall, I think ultimately it did give me a lot of power back. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That is so beautiful. Um, So as we kind of start to wrap up soon, something that we like you have shared so much great advice today about injuries and just about the love for running. And I think my listeners are going to absolutely love that. Another one of the topics that we talk about um, on this podcast a lot is nutrition and fueling, especially as a runner. So have you, how do you feel as a runner, as a D1 athlete? Like, what does that look like? How, what has been your journey through that? Have you always just kind of known what to do and it's been pretty intuitive or have you ever struggled with it? Um, Have you like, what did you, how did you feel when you were injured? Um, Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think I always like never really struggled with eating enough food. I think I always got enough food in. Um, but in, I, I do think in like middle school, I became conscious of how thin I was. Yeah. And that wasn't because I was under eating by any means. Like I had a very healthy appetite. I was to always finish my plate at home. Like I had very healthy eating habits in that regard. Um, but you know, I ate very healthy foods and, you know, didn't eat a lot of like sugars or whatever, um, growing up because I was like, you know, I was an athlete now, so I need to eat healthy. And so I think even though I was eating enough food, like in quantity, they might've been like pretty low calorie foods. And like, I was burning so much from, you know, also being an athlete and then also just growing up and like, you kind of like stretch out when you'd get taller. And so I think I became conscious of how like I was really thin in middle school and I felt really weak for that. I didn't feel like an athlete. I think I felt like people didn't view me as a strong person because I didn't look strong. Mm-hmm. And that, that really got to me. Um, like in high school, I just was so upset of how thin I looked. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't feel like an athlete. Like, even though I'm doing all of the practices and I'm pushing myself and I'm eating the food, like I'm doing the work. (laughs) Um, I don't feel respected in the fact that my body doesn't look like a typical tough person, athlete body. And so then I really got into weight training Mm -hmm. and 
yeah, I went through periods where I was really into it. And I always, I always took a, a weight training class um, in high school and that really helped me just um, form those habits. Uh, but then even after school, um, during the winters and during the off season and even to the in season um, for cross country and track, I would go home and we had like a, a garage, uh, like a, a gym in our garage. Mm-hmm. And so I would go and I would do workouts uh, of weight training and I did see some differences. And um, my old coaches from middle school would just comment like, you look really strong now. Like, and I, I think I needed to hear that because for so long I had felt like not really an athlete because I felt I, I looked weak. So I felt weak. Yeah. And so that's kind of like, I think weight training really has helped me with my confidence in the fact that like, I'm an athlete. Like I deserve to be here. I look tough. I look strong. So therefore I must be tough and strong because I look like, um, so I think that's the only thing with food that has really like, um, happened to me, like just like body image like that. But then also like when I started weight training, you start to view food as fuel. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of relates to your podcast a lot, like, you know, unapologetically fueled. Um, so yes, you start to view what nutrients you're getting in during the day, how much protein you're getting in, um, especially as a runner, a female runner, uh, a lot of, uh, women struggle with iron deficiencies. Mm -hmm. So then also having that mentality of, am I getting enough like red meat in, am I getting enough, like, am I eating enough eggs for the vitamin D, like just like focusing on that nutrient um, base kind of fueling where you're thinking, okay, I don't want to have any deficiencies when I'm running because then they make running harder. So I want to make sure I'm getting enough iron. I want to make sure that I'm getting enough potassium. I would, I'm very intuitive with how my potassium levels are and how my magnesium is because I would like, I'll get like cramps in like my chest if I'm like low on magnesium and I'll like, even in like high school, like if I had a cramp, I'd be like, I think I need to drink some Gatorade and eat a banana right now. Like I was <laughs> very intuitive with um, where my, how my body was feeling and then how I needed to eat to fix those like struggles that I was going through. Um, so food was always my friend. I never really struggled with that. Um, but I will say that it has been um, a different kind of thing at college because now you have to make like, you're in charge of getting your own meals. You're in charge of kind of self-regulating that. Um, and I don't think that has been a huge deal. Um, I mean, I have, we have like athlete dining here, so it's, it's pretty good that we can have access to those higher quality proteins and things for athletes, which are really great. Um, but yeah, I would say, um, to anyone listening, like, don't be like, like, view food as fuel. And I know that you say that a lot, probably. And it's here to help you. It's literally energy for your body to function. And so as a runner, like make sure that you're getting in those nutrients to optimize your performance. Absolutely. yourself in that regard. Yes, absolutely. That is fantastic advice. And I think that is, I mean, it's sad that it is the rare thing, honestly, in the running community to not have ever struggled with under fueling and stuff. And so I think that is like so beautiful and such a testament to see like how it can help your performance and like prevent injuries and stuff. And like, even though like you did start struggle with injury, like have like, it wasn't a stress fracture. It wasn't a bone thing. It was like a, like you 
are, you know what to do and it's just so it's awesome. And like how it affects your performance. So yes, view food as fuel listeners, because uh, you can never hear it too much. I do. I do say it, but like, it's, you can never hear it too much because it is the truth. And I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So on that note, for a fun closing question, what is your favorite pre-run snack and breakfast food? Oh, okay. This is a fun little question. Um, I usually, well, before I run, I've kind of trained my body to be able to handle food because for sometimes like mm. a lot of runners don't like to eat before they run because it sits weird in their stomach and then they have cramps. But I will say it's very important to teach your stomach how to handle uh, food beforehand because I, I find that if I don't eat, I will feel bad on my run. I will feel kind of dizzy or just like, I'll feel like my um, blood sugar is off or something like that. And just kind of like, don't have enough energy, which is, you know, kind of what it is. I don't have enough energy. So I feel like I don't have enough energy. <laughs> and, um, so before my run, it's kind of just, I'll just try to eat. Like sometimes I'll have overnight oats from our little feeling station. I love those. Those are amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I try to avoid, um, fats and proteins too close to when I run because those are slower to digest. So that can kind of mess with me a little bit. Um, so I'll do those like two hours out if I have like some peanut butter or, you know, any sort of protein like that and fat. Um, but I will say, yeah, like overnight oats. Um, I love protein bars. This is very not specific, but, um, <laughs> no, it's not after my runs. I, I do like the protein shakes that they have at the fueling station. Those, those are kind of a little treat for me. Ooh, what are so, they called? Um, I think it's like the, hmm, it's like the Gatorade protein shake. I don't know. It's chocolate flavored. It tastes like chocolate milk, but then it has protein in it. And I know chocolate milk is a known really good fuel for um, runners after, uh, after they run really good recovery thing um so I'll just have like my chocolate shake and feel feel amazing I love it I know that is my favorite thing too I always drink some sort of like chocolate milk after I run and that is like my favorite it's like the best feeling in the world it's like you have the runner's high endorphins still there and you're drinking chocolate milk and it's the best it's amazing yeah no I I do I do drink chocolate milk like almost at every breakfast because I, I do really enjoy that so good so good Oh, well, that is so awesome. Well, thank you so much, Julia, for being on this episode. And you just like, you gave such great advice for injured runners, people who are runners in general, and just like a little bit insight of how you feel a D1 athlete who is also a very busy student. So thank you so much. And um, if you have any questions for Julia, I will link both her podcast below and her Instagram so you can connect with her, but make sure to go check out her podcast called the Amazing People Podcast. And it's all about resilience and just great great stuff. It's an amazing podcast. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So I will link your podcast below. So thank you.